things you should know right off the bat. I've had four cups of coffee. I'm a little nervous. Did I mention my name's Chadi? Yeah. Oh, um, this is a podcast for imperfect people, and uh, you should know that uh, I cry in corners. True story. What's up, family? Chadi here. Welcome to uh, season six of the podcast. We're in episode five of Thriving in Babylon. Uh, if this is your first time, uh, welcome. If this is not your first time, well, then you know the you know the routine. Anyways, uh, if you're listening on iTunes and Spotify, I love you. Uh, awkward high fives. If you're watching on YouTube, you just got to see that. That's weird. Anyways, today we're talking about uh, being set apart. We're talking about uh, what it looks like to thrive in difficult seasons. And in chapter five, uh, there's a story about being set apart and the importance of being set apart. And so I'm going to break all that down. But for those who are just tuning in uh, for the first time, so far we've been talking about how to thrive in Babylon, how to thrive in difficult seasons. You do it by... Um, being determined. You do it by uh, living, uh, being a, a person who is faithful, by having an even if attitude and having a sense of remembering and being able to look back and um, uh, remember all the amazing things God's already brought you out of so that you can continue to move forward. Anyways, so today we're talking uh, about a story in Daniel that is a little weird. Okay, so let me give you some context. Daniel now, uh, decades have passed. He's a lot older. There's a new king, a new regent uh, in Babylon. And, um, he, um, he really hasn't, uh, I don't want to say learned from his predecessors. Uh, this is kind of a common theme of uh, life in general of people that have gone before us and we kind of don't learn the lessons and the things that they've done and we decide we're going to do it on our own. And so this dude is the same thing. He had, did not learn from Nebuchadnezzar's uh, decisions and um, bad decisions, good decisions. And so one day he decides to have a party. Okay. You're going to find this in five. I'm going to give you a quick recap and then I'm going to jump in around verse 22. Okay. So he has a party and and um, he's like, you know, it'd be a good idea. Let's go take all the cups and the holy things that we took from the temple in Jerusalem and let's drink out of them. Let's use them, pour wine in them. And these are like the holy things that were taken out of the temple. And so uh, he does this. He goes and he gets it and they're partying. And uh, as they're doing this with these holy things that were uh, set apart for the temple, um, for Yahweh, uh, a finger like comes out of nowhere like a human hand, and starts writing on the wall. Now, I don't know the level of alcohol you'd have to drink to not be freaked out about a human hand writing on a wall, but I would be completely and utterly freaked out. And he is. He's freaked out. It writes like a legitimate message in a language he does not understand in front of all of his friends. And he's freaking out. So he calls all his magicians, homies, and he's like, dude, what is this on the wall? Nobody knows what it is. His mother hears kind of what's going on. She comes in and she goes, dude, don't you remember that you have somebody um, who can actually tell you what this is? And so the queen in uh, verse 10, I'm just going to jump into 10, says, long live the king. Don't let this strange incident frighten you or let your face grow pale. Need I remind you that there is a gifted man in the kingdom who possesses the spirit of the holy gods. He had a holy reputation, Daniel. 
Uh, years ago, in the time of your predecessor, King Nebuchadnezzar, he was discovered to have insight, understanding, and wisdom like that of the gods. And this is why King Nebuchadnezzar put him in charge of the magicians, enchanters, Chaldean astrologers, and diviners in his kingdom. This man, Daniel, whom Nebuchadnezzar called uh, Bel- Belshazzar, um, had special abilities, knowledge, and wisdom. He's able to interpret dreams, explain riddles, solve problems no one else can. Why don't you call for Daniel? And he'll tell you what the writing means. And so we find... Uh, Daniel has lived a life that has been set apart. He did it with Nebuchadnezzar. He's apparently continued to do it now a decades later with this new regent. And um, so much so that now he has a holy reputation. The queen even knows his, his what he has done and how he's loved and how he's served God in the midst of this Babylonian um, culture um, is well known. He's well renowned. And so they go and they get him. And he uh, says, yeah, I can tell you what it means. And the dude's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to gift you. I'm going to hook you up. And he's like, nah, man, keep your gifts. Uh, He literally says, keep your gifts or else uh, award them to another. Um, And so he does this. He tells everybody what it means. um, And he's like, hey, dude, also, you should know that God is the one that made Nebuchadnezzar super powerful. Like he's trying to give him some some context of why he's about to tell him what he's about to tell him. And so... um, I'm actually, you know what? I'm going to read. I'm just going to read it. I'm sorry if you didn't get your Bible reading in today. I feel like it needs to be read. So we find uh, Daniel in 18 saying, O king, the most high gave sovereignty, greatness, honor, and splendor to your predecessor, Nebuchadnezzar. And God made him so great and powerful that all the peoples, regardless of their heritage, nationality, or language, trembled in fear of him. Um, He did as he pleased, executing or sparing, honoring or shaming anyone as he wished. But there came a point when his heart was so proud and his spirit so haughty that he acted arrogantly and he lost his royal throne and he was stripped from all his honors. He has driven away from all this. He, he, remember what we talked about? Um, where You remember the story, right? Do you? Anyways, let's just go back. Anyways, he was driven away from all that was human. He took on the base instincts of an animal. He lived in a company of wild donkeys and bent over. He did not remember at all. He forgot Yahweh. And um, ultimately for seven years, he lived like an animal. And so um, Daniel in 22 says, but even though you knew all this, bro, even though you knew your predecessor, this happened to him because he was prideful, because he made really bad decisions, because he came up against the most high God, um, your descendant, uh, you followed in his ways and you did not live humbly. On the contrary, you've risen up against the true Lord of heaven by demanding that the sacred vessels from his temple be brought before you and having you and your officials, your wives and your concubines drink from them. And you've issued a challenge you cannot win. You have made toasts and offered praises to the idol crafted in silver and gold and bronze and iron and wood and stone idols, which cannot see you, hear you, or know anything at all. And you have failed to honor in all that you do, the one true God who holds the breath of life in the palm of his hand and makes possible all your days. He's the one that made this inscription. And so we find um, God is doing what he did to Nebuchadnezzar. Hey, man. It literally says, you were not humble and you did not honor. You were not humble and you did not honor. Uh, and, and because you did not humble yourself and because you did not honor God, what you did is you took something that was set apart and you made it your own. The only thing that is set apart that should ever be made known is you and you are God's. 
He has set you apart. You are his treasured possession. I talked this, I talked about this um, a little bit in the first couple chapters about how God made the Israelites his treasured possession. And we as followers of, of God, we are his treasured possession. I read an entire book that breaks this down in a really beautiful way, way better than I could ever explain it. It's called um, Bearing God's Name by Carmen Joy Imes. And I would read it if you if you're digging this content or whatnot. Um, but that small little thing about being a treasured possession, she writes an entire book about it. It's really beautiful. And it makes you really understand Daniel and why he acts the way that he does and why he is continually humbling himself and why he continually honors God, why he's continuing to tell the leadership, hey guys, Yahweh's the most high God. Hey guys, you need to be living your life set apart. So much so that his life was set apart. And we're going to find in the next chapter in the lion's den, um, his set apart kind of gets him in trouble and which is okay, but there's a level of set apart that you have to live in order to be able to see uh, whether you are living humbly and whether you are honoring. And Daniel, Daniel had a holy reputation, a reputation that set him apart, a reputation that uh, caused people to go to him for kingdom solutions. And as I read this, I thought I could take this in a couple different ways. I could, thought I could talk about what it looks like to be humble, what does it look like to honor. But instead, what really stuck out to me in this chapter is the fact that she said um, that he had, he was like, everybody knew about his reputation. Everybody knew in the kingdom that he possessed the spirit of God. And it stuck out to me. God, I want to live in such a way, in good seasons, bad seasons, mucky seasons, middle seasons, whatever seasons. And I want to thrive in such a way, Lord, that when people encounter me, they know that my reputation is that I I hear from the Lord or that I have experienced the love of God so much so that they, other people get to experience the love of God. And so much so that if I ever find myself in a situation that I can bring kingdom solutions. So I, I started to pray about it. I was like, God, what does this look like? And he's like, you got to be set apart. Daniel was set apart. And so it was one of the reasons why I continued to study Daniel because I wanted to know what did it look like to live set apart and not in a religious way. Because I grew up in a way that like the term set apart made people, um, made you kind of draw a line in the sand and cause people, like you repelled people. Like I'm set apart, I'm religious, I'm this, I'm that. But Jesus was set apart and in response, people were drawn to him. They were not repelled by him. And if your level of set apart does not draw people in, then you're doing it wrong. And I want to live like that. I want to live like Jesus did. I want to live like Daniel did in such a way that whatever my set apart looks like, that it draws people in and pulls me into situations that I can bring kingdom solutions. And so as I started to process this, God uh, reminded me of something that I had studied a long time ago, which was being set apart. And it's in Colossians 3. And literally, it gives us the breakdown of what set apart looks like. So if you want to thrive in a culture, if you want to thrive in a circumstance, um, you have to be set apart. And this is what it looks like. Colossians 3, 12 says, since you are all set apart by God, made holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with a holy way of life. I love this. Daniel, they just said this dude uh, is, uh, he's marked by God. Like he had a holy reputation and it's telling us here in Colossians that we have to have a holy way of life. Chadi, what does that look like? I'm going to tell you. Uh, it's compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Put up with one another. Forgive, pardon. Any offense against one another as the Lord has pardoned you because you should act in kind. But above all else, put on love. 
Love is the perfect tie to bind these together and let your hearts fall under the rule of anointed peace, the peace you were called as one body. And be thankful that the word of the anointed one richly inhabit your lives with all the wisdom, teach, counsel, instruct one another. Sing the Psalms, compose hymns. Oh man, inspired by the Spirit. Keep on singing to God from hearts full and spilling over with thankfulness. Surely no matter what you're doing, do it all in the name of Jesus, our master, sending thanks through him to God, our father. As I read this, it helps me understand what being set apart is. First things first, we have to have a holy way of life. So a holy way of life, I circled a couple things in Colossians 3. Um, if you're taking notes and you want to write it down, um, it, it begins to um, first mention uh, the fruits of the Spirit, compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Um, <clears throat> Guys, if we want to live a holy way of life, if we want to have a holy way of life, if we want to be set apart, we need to have the fruits of the Spirit. So what does that mean? You need to be um, in the presence of God. The only way that you, okay, how do I say this? Every fruit needs to be cultivated. There will be seasons where you will not see any fruit. There will be seasons that are dormant. There will be seasons where your fruit can't be used. The fruit has to be cultivated. So these things actually have to be cultivated in your life. You just don't all of a sudden become a compassionate person. You don't all of a sudden are just not like the super nicest person in the world, unless you are. And then I want to know you. I have a friend who's like just nice all the time. I just love her little face. Um, But like some of these things, I got to cultivate a little bit more than others. (laughs) Humility, gentleness, patience, like Those things have to be cultivated in your life. And the way that I cultivate them is by being in the Word of God. I cultivate them by being around people that um, uh, also have those giftings. And and I cultivate them in my life through um, seeking after God. And so I think if you want to live a life that's holy and set apart, Daniel prayed all the time. He had this incredible prayer life. I wish I had a prayer life like Daniel. Mine's just more like walking around my house going, Lord, what should I wear today? What are we doing? Um, but uh, I love the fact that Daniel had this really beautiful, intimate prayer life. And I think that if you want to cultivate God things in your life, you actually have to have a relationship with God. And so um, the other thing that I thought was really cool, so being set apart looks like uh, having the fruit, like fruits of the Spirit cultivated within you. And the other thing is, um, I love this, it says, put uh, up with one another, forgive, pardon, and offense against one another. Uh, and then it just, it says, but above all these, put on love. Like living set apart, not only like you have the fruits of the Spirit, but I like that they pull out love. Like I talk about love a lot. I think it's our purpose in life to love God and love people. And at the end of the day, like if I, if I could say I have a, a a life message or something that I wish I could pass on to people is just to love people. Like it's hard to love people. I said, (laughs) I'm pretty sure I said this in the season finale of five, that Jesus is real easy to love, but his people, not so much. And, uh, I think that when we put on love, we have to, I like how it says put on love. Like you have to actually choose to put on love. You have to get up every morning and choose uh, to align your heart to love, to align your heart to forgive, to align your heart to be compassionate. All the things that love produces, we have to produce those things. If you want to live a life that's set apart, then you have to put on love. And um, that means forgiving people. That means um, letting things go that maybe you don't want to let go. That means, um, man, love means a lot of different things. I think um, there was a season in my life where I was really hurt by um, a situation. And I remember in my mind, uh, I had a friend at one point in my life that would say, you got to choose to be a kingdom person. And by being a kingdom person, you're just going to love them regardless. Like you just got to choose to love people and that's going to be who you are regardless of what happens. What one person does, you're not going to stop loving people because of it. And 
it just changed the way I see people. It changed the way I did life. It changed the way, changed my relationship with God. And it's because I had to choose to put on love. And so that's my, yeah, man, I think Daniel, Daniel genuinely had a love for people or he wouldn't have cared. He would have been like, I don't know, figure out your own dreams. I don't know. I just feel like if you're, if you're in a situation that is the worst, <laughs> if you're in a situation and you're still bring, bringing kingdom solutions, you've got to, at some point, have love on just, you've had to experience love because you can't put out love if you haven't experienced it. And so put on love, set apart people, live a holy way of life. They do it by producing uh, the fruit of the spirit and they do it by putting on love. And then the other thing is, is let your hearts fall under the rule of the anointed peace, the peace you are called as one body and be thankful. Um, peace. I, I, I did an entire podcast on this and I've talked about it a lot. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to just hold off on this one thing, but Daniel always seemed at peace. So you find him in these situations where he's like, dude, you're going to die if you don't tell me what my dream is. Uh, I'm going to be frustrated and probably get rid of you if you don't know what my dream is. Hey, I'm going to walk you through a wilderness and pretty much kidnap you and do all these horrible things to you. And uh, and he just always seemed at peace. And it's because um, peace that surpasses all understanding, man, it's you have to really know it to ever experience it. And when I say know it, it's because peace is a person, peace is the is Jesus Christ. And, and when you experience Jesus, what you get is like, it's like this unmovable foundation. Um, I was in a car accident uh, a couple years ago and my friend was in the car. And when the car crashed, it was a horrible, horrible car accident. I mean, like we had to crawl out of the car. It was really, really bad. And um, I remember when the car crashed, my glasses flew off. I was still holding uh, everything, you know, the, the balloon thingies popped and stuff. And uh, she just started praying. And she just started thanking God for our safety. Like we weren't safe. There were cars flying down the hallway. I mean, down down the road, and there were cars crashing. You could hear it was horrible. And um, but she immediately went to thanking God for our safety and Lord, keep your angels around our car and keep us safe. And I'll never forget that for the rest of my life because I thought, man, what from what a place of peace she was even in a place of peace even in the crash, and it made me want to live like that. It made me want to live from a place of peace, even in a crash, even in a struggle, even in a storm, even in a wilderness. And I find that Daniel lived like that. Daniel was always thankful. He was always seeking God. He was always functioning from a place of peace. If you're wondering if your life is set apart, when people encounter you in a crash, are you full of peace? Or are you are you the one freaking out? Um, and so that is something I'm still working through. I even after all these years, I, I really want to function from a place of peace, a place of shalom, um, where no matter what I encounter, um, what encounters, when people encounter me, they find peace. And peace, I believe, is rooted in being thankful. I'm in a constant state of thankfulness. Lord, thank you for my home. Thank you for my husband. Thank you for opportunities like this where I get to share your word. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Lord, I live in a constant state of thankfulness. And when I realize that, God, you're the one, you're my provision, you're my protection, you're the one, God, that is walking me through even the crashes and the wildernesses and the brokenness, God, it's like my peace is then cultivated just like the other fruit. 
in my life, just like love in my life. And it, what it does is it sets my life apart. And um, yeah, I just, I don't always get it right, but man, it changes everything when I'm functioning from a place of peace and thankfulness. And then I love in 16, it says, let the word of the anointed one richly inhabit your lives. Let the word of the anointed one richly inhabit your lives. Guys, if I don't read my Bible, you can tell. <laughs> my husband will be like, do you need some time away and reading your Bible? I'll be like, yes, I actually do. Like, I just love the word of God. I love what it does. I love that it doesn't matter if I've read it a hundred million times or it's highlighted in my Bible that the Lord always gives me something fresh and something new and something that pushes me forward for the day. And because his word is living, his word is is truth. And, um, you know, how everybody now says like, I'm living my truth or, you know, but they're the way, the truth and the life is Jesus. And so I always know that in the back of my head and I try not to live in my truth and instead of live in his truth. And so, um, what richly inhabits my life is not my truth because my truth is usually rooted in feelings, but God's truth, which is rooted in the word of God which is rooted in his word and his peace and his love. And when I read this and I say richly inhabit your lives with the word of God, I think of Daniel. That kid had to have known the scriptures as he grew up in uh, a noble uh, place. And he was from this incredible um, people group who had been saved out of Egypt and walked through a wilderness and given a promised land. He was His ancestors were David and Solomon and Abraham. And he had this beautiful, rich history and the way that they learned the word and remembered the word and like, he knew the word so much so that when he found himself in a crash, he was at peace so much so that he didn't bow when things were telling him to bow and his friends did not bow when people told him to bow. And, and it was like, man, it was like everything that he had come out of, everything that he was walking through was rooted in the word. And so I just want to encourage you in living a life that's rooted, richly inhabited with the word of God, so much so that out of the abundance of your heart, what comes out is the word of God. I don't necessarily think that um, everything out of my mouth is the word of God. I'm trying. I try. I want it to be. I want people to encounter my life and feel encouraged. I want people to encounter the things that I've walked through and the things that I struggle through and, um, and encounter the word of God. But it's, I don't know, it's not always that way. And so that's okay too, because I'm human and we're all human and we're all on the same road. We're all walking towards Jesus and trying to be better people. But I just wanted to encourage you and in, in being said also, I just feel like I'm sure there's somebody listening to this and they're going, yeah, set apart. That feels very like, um, like I got to draw a line in the sand or um, I don't think I could ever really truly live set apart because I don't align to this or I don't align to that. Dude, I just align to love. I align to love. Jesus, everything about Jesus' life loved people, and love and the Holy Spirit is what moves people, not our religious beliefs, not our boundaries, um, not our whatever. I just feel like if you put on love, love is what sets you apart, not rules, not religion love. And um, yeah, I'm probably going to have to validate that in another podcast, and I will. But um, anyways, with all wisdom, teach counsel and instruct one another. Sing the Psalms. Worship, guys. Worship. And seven, uh, 17, surely no matter what you're doing, 
whether you're speaking, writing, or working, do it all in the name of Jesus, our master, sending thanks through him to God, our father. I wrote down here a couple years ago when I was studying this, do it all in excellence unto the Lord. Being set apart, man, is excellent. It means you live a life where you're really trying to be excellent in all you do, whether it's your work, whether it's in the way you love or lead, it's the way that you talk to people, that you're doing it in a manner that is worthy to God. And so we find Daniel. I love this. I love that when she talks about Daniel, the queen, she's like, need I remind you that there's a gifted man in your kingdom who possesses the spirit of the holy gods. And this is why Nebuchadnezzar put him in charge of everything. Like, dude, Remember when I said, I think it was in episode one, that like he wasn't scared about learning the language. He wasn't, he he assimilated, he flexed, and he became the best at it. Like, I want to be the best at it. At what, Chadi? At whatever. At whatever God's asking me to steward in that season, I want to be the best at it. So how do you become the best at it? I allow my life to be set apart. So um, I think I've always kind of struggled with feeling like I never really fit in with whatever. It did, I just always feel like what I, how I think and how I process is contrary to how everyone around me in my world thinks and processes. I always feel so legitimately different. I wish I could be certain ways or talk in certain ways or be more articulate or write in certain ways. And at the end of the day, God's continually reminding me that he is calling us to be a holy people, um, a people that are set apart, a, a peculiar people is what it says in the word of God. And, and so set apart to me in my mind and as I process and as I read the word of God, it means that we are a people that, that are a bit peculiar, that, that people are like, yeah, have you heard of them? Have you seen them? We put on love when no one else puts on love. What does that mean? We're not talking smack on social media. We love people. We care about people. We care about how they think, how they act, why they feel the way that they feel. We're thankful. We're full of peace. We function from a place of shalom. Like we are set apart. And so if you want to thrive in crashes, if you want to thrive in seasons where things are upside down, live set apart. Be like Daniel to where when things go awry, when hands out of nowhere start writing on walls, they call you because they know that you're going to be full of love, full of peace, uh, full of empathy and compassion, that you're going to be richly invested in the word and that you're going to speak on God's behalf. And um, that's who we're meant to be in this world. Like, no pressure, but that's who we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be His people on the earth. We're meant to be flashlights in dark places, lighthouses in the middle of the ocean. We're meant to draw people in, just like Jesus did, just like Daniel did. Um, Your life should not repel people with your set-apart. It should draw people in with your set-apart. So... Yeah, I hope that encourages you. I hope that um, as you sit and you process this episode, that you write down the things that maybe you haven't set, that you haven't let go of, or that has stopping you from being set apart. Um, and I don't know what those things are, but just know that I'm praying for you. Um, I believe in you, and um, I love you, weirdos. <laughs>